What's up, guys? This is Dave Thomas. And this is Brian Pritz. And we are back with our eighth episode of The Business of Lifting Weights. Uh, today, we're going to talk about um, kind of focusing on the little things that you do to be successful as a business. Um, I wrote a blog article on my own blog um, the other day about like the 10%, the stuff you do behind the scenes. Yep. Um, that kind of ultimately leads to success. So it's going to be kind of a little bit of a different perspective on goals and how you reach them. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of like I think a caveat before we get into that, I would suggest checking out our first episode. Um, if you're newer to the podcast, that will give you a little bit of background on sort of like qualifications for some of the stuff we'll be talking about as far as our background in the gym and the membership and all that stuff. Um. But this is our first episode after like two weeks, and I feel a little bit rusty. Yeah, me too. I uh, I spent just about two weeks in Scotland, and uh, yeah, that shit just looked amazing. Yeah, very very different from the U.S. though, and so many factors, uh, fitness related as well. I I we saw one person jogging. Yeah, in, how was your fitness weeks. experiment over there? Uh, well, personally, it was a nightmare. Um, I ate about seventy five percent sugar and almost no protein. Um, the girls that I, I traveled with three girls and they all eat like peanuts. And, uh, so I got practically no protein in and then I was hungry. So I just snacked on candy and, uh, gummy worms and stuff like that. So it was, uh, I felt pretty horrible. Um, we were camping too. So we were sleeping on the ground, didn't get a lot of good sleep and didn't exercise once. I actually, thought about it. I don't think my heart rate got elevated once. <laughs> so I, I came back and I body fat tested and added 4% body fat, um, which I was like, whatever, that's not a big deal until I looked at the actual numbers. And it was actually, I gained like eight pounds of fat. Um, oh, that's so amazing. And so depressing <laughs> that like you can fall that hard off the wagon and like even just a few weeks of off your routine can just make you mush. Yeah, but I, I will say, like, uh, one of our members at the gym, Jared, commented on uh, the picture that I posted, and I replied that I would be lying if I said that I didn't kind of at least a little bit try to see how chubby I could get over that period. <laughs> um, like, there was, there was things I could have done that could have helped my nutrition, like protein shakes and stuff like that, but, like, I didn't, I didn't do that. I went straight for the candy and... Yeah. chocolate and pastries all that fun stuff yeah but it was nice. very enjoyable at the time but now I feel horrible well we're glad to have you and your fat self back here yeah yeah feels good but definitely a little rusty um, so as far as the stuff for today goes um, you know I think kind of the background on the the purpose of the episode was um, you know I know you and I kind of talk like behind the scenes a lot just about how you know, one of the things that really seems to irk us is like this notion of like, you know, people who create brands before they even have a product right. to sell. And it's like this internetization of health and fitness where people want to be in health and fitness. They go online, they start a brand where they, you know, proclaim themselves this expert and then it's like, oh shit, I actually don't really know what I'm doing or right. I don't really have anything to even sell, but I'm a brand. <laughs> um, and it's like, it, it, it causes, you know, when, when I see that a lot, I always just kind of like reflect on what we've done over the past five years and the work that we've put in and like all of the very, very little like non-glamorous things that go on behind the scenes that right. a lot of people don't like know about or maybe don't know like, really what it takes 
um, in order to create a successful small fitness business. Right. Um, you know, I think a lot of people think it's just like all glamour all the time. It's post pictures of yourself doing this and it's like always building up your brand and building up your perception. Well, perception is at some point going to meet reality mm-hmm. and there has to be something that you can actually do and something that you can provide and value that you can actually bring to people. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like, you know what I'm talking about with all that stuff? Yeah. It's funny. I, uh, this has happened a few times over the years where, you know, people will be chatting about us being owners and they'll be like, Oh, do you, is this your full-time job? And it's like, yeah, like I put in, you know, we put in 16 hours a day and like, this is a business that we're building. Like it's That's a full time job, but it was, I was like always kind of confused at why somebody would ask that. And then it hit me. Like you see so many people that are fitness pros that are full time, something else. And it's yeah. just like, they, they declare themselves a fitness expert and they're trying to like grow this business, but obviously like they don't have anything behind it. Um, and so I, I can kind of understand why somebody would ask us that now. Yeah, that's actually crazy. Uh, I've never, I've never had that question. I don't even know how I'd respond if somebody asked me that without preparing for that answer. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I I was a little shocked. Um, but it was just like a, yeah, like I'm confused at why you're asking. And I think a lot of that has to do with like, everybody just focuses on like the end game so much. Um, right. and like not the daily, like nitty gritty, like dirty details of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, talks about it and it was where I kind of like first learned about that style of kind of separation between your tasks of like focus in the dirt and in the clouds. Yep. Like your focus should be all on the dirt, like the day to day. Um, you know, what we kind of will refer to as like the boring, like 10% <clears throat> of what you're doing. Yep. And, the remaining part of your focus should be up on the long-term end game objectives. Mm-hmm. Like this is where I ultimately want it to go. Um, and I'm going to get there by focusing on the nitty gritty, like dirty stuff. Right. And kind of everything in between is stuff that you ignore and stuff that you don't pay much attention to. Otherwise you can just like drown yourself in the details of it. But I do think there's a balance between like, where your focus is, whether or not it's like your final destination in game, this is what I want out of it. And just like what is immediately in front of you on the day to day. Right. I totally agree. I think you do need to have that kind of cloud thought of what you want to happen in the long term, so that the little stuff that you are doing right now is directly leading into that long term goal. You know, I see, you see a lot of people on both sides of that spectrum where people see the clouds and think about the clouds and they want to skip steps one through 10 to get to step 11. Um, and then you also see the people that are just like drowning in busy work with no real direction of where that busy work is going to take them. Um, and I, I, so you need both. You can't just have one. Yeah, that's well said. And I think like, to be honest with you, I think I'm like very bad at cloud style thinking. Like to this day, people will ask me like, Hey, what's the, what's the plan for performance 360? Like, where are you guys going to go? And mm-hmm. I'm still like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like we have some things that we'll, we'll get into here in a second, but like, we still don't really have like hard in game objectives. Right. And but, sorry, but I do think that we both have an understanding of like that. We want to continue to grow, you know, yes. that, that end game might not be super specific, but we both are on the same page that like, we want to continue to grow 
and maybe adjust that end game as as we continue to grow. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, you know, to to finish that the thought is I'm okay with being pretty bad at like the cloud style thinking because mm-hmm. like I am extremely focused on those like boring 10%, like the dirt. Right. Um and I get a little caught up in it sometimes, but I think if you're going to be too focused on one, like be focused on what's directly in front of you, like your direct Absolutely. tasks yeah. like just win the day style mentality as opposed to like constantly like why aren't I at this goal yet? How can I get to this goal? Because if you're focused so much on the clouds, then you're going to, like you said, you're going to jump the process. And we talk a lot about respecting the process both in fitness but also like in business. Mm -hmm. And you have to just like respect the plotting along one step at a time, grow a few members, grow a few members. And anything you do to jump that process is really going to be detrimental and troublesome. Yeah. And we have a couple examples that we'll get into here in a little. Yeah, you mentioned the <clears throat> the win-the-day attitude. Explain a little bit more about that. I know you wrote a blog article on it, um, but a lot of people might not know yeah. what you're talking um, about. Yeah, so I wrote it on there, uh, which is DaveThomasPerformance.com. Um, and it's all like – a lot of the stuff I write on that is, is basically kind of to that thinking where it's like just – you know, we talk a lot about goals and how like if you have a goal, let's say like in fitness, it's like a 400 pound deadlift or like let's say in business, it's like to, you know, make it to year one or to add a second location. And then, you know, we always talk about like think about that goal and then back out the steps mm-hmm. on it. Like what can I do if this goal needs to happen in six months, what, what should it look like in five months and then in four months, three months, two, one to where you ultimately back that out to today. Right. And I've always been a proponent of that, but I I also think that that can be, you can get yourself into trouble on that. Mm -hmm. And you can be so caught up into like having to be on a timeline and holding yourself accountable to measurables that are at the end of the day just completely arbitrary. Right. You're just making them up. Right. And where just win the day, what I mean by that is like, wake up what's in front of you. Like focus on killing those objectives right like what whatever you're doing right now like that's what matters mm-hmm. like you're not going to get to month six if you're not just like killing like right now right if you're not providing like amazing value like today or having good experiences with people today then like six months doesn't exist right so yes you want that kind of carrot to like give yourself some accountability and some goals but like you should never lose track of like the trench that you're currently in. Yeah. That makes total sense. That actually kind of makes me think about, you know, if you're going for, let's say that 400 pound deadlift and you're at 300 right now, if you do back up that goal and you say, okay, this, you know, this week or this month, I need to hit 325. There's a chance that maybe you're capable of hitting 340. So almost like setting those micro goals that you said, like could be kind of arbitrary. Like you might be selling yourself short too. So I think that kind of constant adjustment is is very kind of relevant and necessary too. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, stuff doesn't have to take as long if you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the flip side, it might take longer. And right. I think like both of those could be through no credit or fault of your own. Yep. So it's like when you start to arbitrarily pinpoint and timeline things, it just throws off like the lens in which you view like success for goals. Yeah. And I think what – you know, the alternative is, is just really focusing on the, the 10%, the, 
the dirt of that stuff. And what I mean by the 10% is like all the little things, like you're not gonna, you're not going to do one thing that's going to take you to 100% of your success. Right. You're going to do multiple little things and multiple like unsung activities that are just like 10% of your success. Mm-hmm. And like you slowly add up 10, 10% and then you get 100% of the pie. So it's like all the little things that really create the big glamorous thing. Right. You know, a, a, a lot of people ask us what those kind of cloud goals are for us. Um, and you said that you may not have like an exact idea of what that is. Like, wh- what do you think? What do you want to see happen to Performance 360 down the road? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, one of the things that I think is really good about our partnership is I think you do a good job of thinking about that stuff. So, well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you my answer. And like, I know we've obviously talked about this before, but I know you think about it more. and I think it's vital to it. Um, so I'll ultimately turn that around on you, but mine is just, it's arbitrary. It's just grow. Um, you know, it is to continue to, to grow via quality. Mm -hmm. So like not, you know, I don't want to be doing something where it's like this rapid growth, um, which like, I don't even think we'd be capable of, but it's to grow, continue to grow in Southern California. And, um, like we've talked about the ability to have um, partners, mm-hmm. people who want to open their own performance 360, people who believe in what we're doing, who've seen results in what we're doing and want to go out and do that on their own. Um, so those are, those are two big ones for me. Yeah. I, you know, you mentioned it briefly, but one of the big things that we always talk about in our growth plans is the quality. We do not want to kind of grow past where we're able to keep, keep and maintain that high quality. Um, and I think at some point we had, Plan, not necessarily planned, but we were interested in opening up our third location in Southern California by mid-year this year. Um, and obviously we have not done that and are not really close at this point. Um, we're looking at properties and all that fun stuff, um, but in no way are we opening up our third. And right. I think that is because there are some things that we're still working on that we want to get better um, before we open up that third location. So quality is that number one kind of factor that is going to make that timeline happen when we're ready to expand, when we're ready to open up that third location. If we feel like the quality is there, um, to be able to do that, then that's when we'll do it. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's, that lends to like what we're talking about with timelines is like, I remember we sat down at the beginning of this year and it was like, yes, we're going to have this third location opened by fall. And then, you know, we have, a potential partner that we've been talking with about opening their own. Yep. And that's supposed to be like winter, early winter of 2017. Yeah. Well, it just didn't work out that way. Right. Like through nothing that has gone wrong. Like in fact, things have gone right because we've seen the two gyms that we currently have get better and better and mm-hmm. opportunities to improve them. So it's, you know, it's, it's taken the front seat to, to the growth. Right. And, that's just how it's gone. It hasn't been through like any mistakes or through any successes. It's just like, it's going to get delayed. Right. Um, and that's just very important to us that we don't hold ourselves, you know, hostage to these growth cloud objectives simply because we made them. Right. Um, and had we like stuck fast to those guns and said, we need to open up our third by, you know, fall this year, we probably would have had to pick a property that we were not excited about. Mm -hmm. We weren't ready to do. So, um, like we, like I mentioned before, that kind of constant adjustment and reconsideration of your goals and, and kind of the current status is very important. 
Yeah. So, I mean, what are your like cloud kind of in-game objectives and where, you know, where your long-term thinking is? Well, you know, shorter term cloud goals are that third location. Like I really want that to happen. Um, ideally in like North County, um, ultimately anywhere in Southern California would be game for me. Um, once we open up that third and everything is kind of firing on all three of those locations and we feel confident moving forward, then, um, like you mentioned, the affiliate, side where we bring people on and they open up their own performance 360 under our guidance um you know that is one thing that i do not like about other gym models is their kind of allowance of anybody to open up one of their gyms Mm -hmm. um i think that is terrible for your brand um, and we are very protective of our brand so um, anybody that wants to open up a performance 360 would have to go through a very long vetting process along with us kind of helping them launch to make sure that that quality is the same that we have here in our original locations. Um, And then from there, assuming that goes well, I think just like a slow growth of affiliate locations is um, what I'm interested in. And I don't have a number. Um, I would love to say like multiple hundred locations, but you know, if we got to 12 locations, (laughs) if we got to 12 locations and I felt comfortable with that, and that any sort of growth would be uh, negatively impacting the brand, then I would want to stop there. Um, but if everything was good, I would want to continue to grow and then open up a location in Scotland <laughs> so, so I can live there. Yeah, every single place that I travel to, I'm like, we should open a gym there. Yeah, and that's like that kind of what we were talking about, like that cloud thinking where it's like jumping from step one to 10 is like, Oh, let's open up an international location in Scotland (laughs) before we've seen what any sort of growth, um, or new locations can do outside of California. So what do you think then those like 10%, um, AKA the dirt, what are, what are some of the things you think that we're going to have to do in order to continue to yes, grow and get into those cloud objectives, but also just to maintain what we're currently doing. Cause I know we had a, we had a member email us for a podcast topic that was like, I absolutely love coming to your guys' gym. This is awesome. Um, how do you guys plan to stay open for the next 10 years so that I don't have to find another place to train? Right. And it's like, wow, great question. Yeah, it was. And I honestly, like, uh, I was a little bit surprised to hear that. Like it, it blows my mind that, multiple gyms that he had trained at went out of business. Um, and I think one of the things that we just do a better job than everyone else is caring. Um, you know, we're putting forth the hours and the effort to make sure that member experiences are excellent all the time, like every day. Um, and not to like toot my own horn, but like I'm traveling and camping in Scotland and I'm on my phone an hour a day replying to customer emails, Right. you know? And it's like, I, I thought about setting up a autoresponder being like, I'm in Scotland, hit up somebody else, but I wanted to be there to be that first point of contact. And a lot of people I forwarded to you for you to handle. And a lot of people I wrote back and was like, Hey, I'm in Scotland right now. Like this isn't urgent. So like, I'll get back to you in you know a week when I get back and, um, everybody's like, Oh wow. Like you're, you know, replying while you're in Scotland, like, don't worry about it. Have fun. Like hit me up when you're back. I think a lot of people are very appreciative of the effort that you and I put in on the day-to-day basis of like those little things that 
mean a lot to consumers and to our customers. Yeah, and here's the thing. like I can't speak to how other places are run or, or how we are against other businesses or gyms. Like I don't really know and I don't really care. I just know that like, you know, so many people start a business in my personal opinion with the thought of like how quickly can I stop working and live this life of <laughs> yeah. where I can like travel. Yeah. And like my opinion is like fuck vacation. Like <laughs> I didn't take a vacation for three years and like is that healthy? No, it's not. But it's like you get to this point where like it needs to be something that like every single day you're immersed in and you need to be focused so much on that quality value and that customer service which are like two cliched buzzwords but it's true and i mean that needs to be your thinking almost all the time like that daily those daily tasks like what am i going to come in and do every single day mm -hmm. repeat 7 days a week 52 weeks a year for multiple years before i like maybe take my foot off of like full fully flooring it to the ground yeah i remember when you were talking about taking your first full vacation i was like kind of concerned <laughs> i was like are you, are you losing yeah, your mind or something i had a horrible time too <laughs> just thinking about the gym the whole time um but yeah so it's like when i think about just the dirt like the little things the 10 percent, like everybody says customer service right and everybody says value but like to you what does that mean I mean, to get like hyper specific with it, like customer service, if a member emails you about anything, like fucking reply to them. Like I, I look at other gyms, Yelp pages and just see where people are writing negative things about them. And a lot of it is just simple stuff that you can do that takes 30 seconds that makes people happy. And that's replying to the fucking email when you get it. <laughs> um, you know, you don't have to like do it like, the email comes in and you reply, but like within 24 hours, mm -hmm. like no big deal. Um, a lot of the negative reviews that I read on Yelp of other gyms is like, I emailed, you know, so-and-so about this and like, it took them two weeks to get back to me and like, they didn't even answer my question. And it's just like, that blows my mind that that's even possible that somebody does that. Um, and stuff like, you know, not answering the phone, which, I sort of agree or understand because a lot of times we're closed during the day. Um, and so like, I, I, I don't think phone calls are that necessary, but just like you will open the gym to help people, to help your clients like do that. And that doesn't necessarily just mean on the floor in the gym. That means like in all areas of their life, if they ask you questions, if they email you, whatever, um, it's just be present and put in that effort. Yeah, that's well said. <clears throat> Yeah, the email thing is a big one for me because, you know, I receive a lot of emails where, like, I think one way and respond another. Right. <laughs> and uh, it's just like, yeah, you have to you have to take all emails that come your way and respond to them. And, like, you know, to me, customer service is not like being a yes man. Mm -hmm. It's like treating – it's treating people with respect right. and, and, and with honesty. And, like, every single person that, you know – I believe sends you an email, you should send them back an honest answer. And if it ends up netting out in your favor, great. If it ends up netting out not in your favor, like also great. Right. Um, you know, <clears throat> I, I just think that like every single person you need to be engaging with the respect that they deserve as a customer, as somebody who's like dedicating their attention and time and also paying you money for a service. Yeah. Um, you know, th th this just popped into my head too, but like, you know, our old landlord, uh, was a little bit of a yes man. You know, we would approach him with maybe an issue 
with the location, the building, what was going on. And it was always like, yeah, yeah, everything's great. I'll take care of it. And there was never like a direct, this is how I'm going to take care of it. It's going to be done by this day and you'll be good to go. It was like, yeah, yeah, we got it. We got it. And then nothing would happen. And I just stopped going in for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We started doing stuff ourselves. I love him. Great guy. Great guy. I would absolutely love to have a beer with him. Yeah. But like, it goes back to like, what's your job and, and what are you supposed to do? Right. And like, too much, too much sugar is going to turn people off. And yep. like, I firmly believe that. Yeah. So being, being honest, I think is very important and you don't have to be a dick about it, but, um, you know, that, that is something that I learned from you, um, is I always wanted to like, I always wanted to put that perfect answer forward or the thing that like makes everybody happy. And like, sometimes you just got to be real with people. Um, and you're, like you said, if it doesn't turn out your way, then, you know, oh, well, um, you know, get the next one. But um, very good point there. Yeah. And it goes into like, you know, right into the stuff, you know, we talk about like dirt in the clouds, like, um, that, that concept from Gary Vaynerchuk and <clears throat> the principles of that is basically just like to ignore everything in between. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that that's a great example of that is like, you know, you're focused every day on value, on customer service, on always over delivering what you say you're going to do. And, you know, that's not going to work out sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. sooner or later you're going to have experiences where like it was just a bad fit or like maybe you do even like drop the ball with somebody Yeah, like that. That's going to happen as a business. Like no business is perfect. I have no doubt that like we've probably done that over the course of five years. Oh, I'm sure. So, you know, it's understanding that like, yes, that that's going to happen and you can't dwell on it. And that's still one thing that like I still have issue with. Is like I, I do too. I dwell. And it's like when I was handling all the member stuff while you were gone and like updating the internal spreadsheets, we have like an exit survey for those listening where when people cancel, you know, they rate us on their experience. And like the reason that most people cancel for us is because they move. <clears throat> we're in a very transient location. Um, but sometimes people cancel because they just straight up didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And I was going down the list of cancellations and of – 24, I think there were, um, which is like 3%. Mm-hmm. Um, 23 of them gave us a f- four-star rating, and one person gave us a two-star. And this is out of four stars. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this is out of people leaving. So, like, I focused on that for probably like an hour <laughs> that day. Yeah. And I was like, this motherfucker. I'm like, <laughs> What, what, what did we do? Yeah, you know, I started we... getting like defensive on it and yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Like we bust our ass. Like how did this guy give us just an average rating? Right. And then I'm like, there's 23 other people who gave us the excellent rating who left, who left yeah. and still gave us an excellent rating. Yeah. So it's like, I quickly just snapped out of it and I was like, this, this falls into neither of these categories. Like continue living your life. <laughs> um, but that's just like a perfect example is I think we can get so reactive to stuff that maybe doesn't go the way you want it to and doesn't fall into like dirt or doesn't fall into clouds or isn't that like, you know, 10% that's going to help your business. Like if this person was still a member and maybe you find out they're having an average experience, like that falls into the dirt, like right. the 10% of like, let me, let me get this person from a two to a four, but they left, they cancel, they're out the door. Bye. Done. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So move it's on. like, you got to just move, move on from that and realize that there was also 23 other people who felt the exact opposite of that. Yeah. And kind of similar to that, like I, I am on Yelp a lot. Um, 
on our business and other businesses and that happened once where we got a uh, three stars or something from somebody that they came to the gym and didn't even do a workout they rated us like not five stars just because the the class that they had come to it was a lot of like younger people and like we're in pb it's a college town like of course there's going to be younger people and he wrote a average review just being like it's you know a 20 something crowd and i decided not to stay and i like I thought about that for three months, probably. Like I was consumed by that. And this is actually like, the first I'm hearing about it. Oh, really? Um, and you're borderline ruining my mood for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like then you look and we have 30 other five-star reviews that are all just like great reviews. And <clears throat> obviously, I'm still thinking about it. But um, I've learned to like laugh about it and get over it rather than like actually dwelling on it. I would love to make that person do the walk of atonement like in Game of Thrones <laughs> with just everybody yelling shame at them. Man. I just like that it's just like side rant, but like if you're going to if you're going to slam a small business, like do it because you truly got bad service. Yeah. Not because you walked in and like judged what was going on. Right. Good lord. Yeah. Um but that's true and like you can see like clearly we still struggle with that. Like mm-hmm. that still bothers us. Yep. And like it's good to have that get under your skin because, like, yeah, it does, like, keep your, your, you know, your game tight with customer service and all that. But at the same time, it's being able to disassociate, like, what is productive um, negative feedback versus what is non-productive. Right. And uh, it, it's very different. You have to be able to differentiate the two as far as what's going to help you and what's going to just have you dwell on stuff that – isn't part of either, you know, your dirt or your clouds. Yeah. Uh, you know, what are, what are some other things that we've done that we've kind of overanalyzed or, um, kind of put a, a microscope to that we maybe shouldn't have, you know, I, I think that's, that's probably the most important part of at least this podcast is like when you're running a business, there's so much that you do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, I just made the comment off air, um, prior to recording this that like now that I'm back coaching a bit more it really focuses my time outside of coaching to be extremely productive yeah so it doesn't allow me the free time to sit down and like uh selectively analyze something Mm -hmm. it forces me to just like look at what really needs work and what does not yeah and if it doesn't it doesn't even have time to come across my radar right so when I think about like what the middling stuff is that people shouldn't focus on, that's not like dirt in the clouds type stuff. It is, I think the ability to just sit down and like decide that something needs to be fixed mm-hmm. when it doesn't. Yep. Um, and like, I do that a lot on the website, um, where I'll just like take a look at like website copy or pages and think like, Oh, this could be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Like despite that piece of branding for us, like, delivering growth every single month right yeah something like let me just fix this despite the fact that like it's not even close to broken yeah if it's not broke don't fix it and that's a big one and it's like very little things like that but that i'll find myself doing um on a larger scale i think maybe foundations for us Mm -hmm. and it's always a tough one because it matters very very much how you onboard new people yep and I think, honestly, that's a separate podcast because that's a whole 40-minute discussion in and of itself. Easily, but I yeah. think what we've discovered is that it doesn't matter so much how you onboard the new person so long as like 
how you're treating them when they get there. Yeah. Um, I think that's very important and where we kind of got caught up in just this hyper over analyzation of the foundations process <clears throat> is it all took us away from kind of our, our nuts, our, our nuts and bolts, our core, like main daily challenge classes. Yeah. And like that has been the bread and butter of our success. We encourage everybody to be in them because we truly believe and have seen that those create the main results for people. Yeah. Um, the people who've gotten the best results at our gym, they've focused on the main core principles of what make us performance 360. Yeah. So when point. we started thinking of this big foundations process, it took everybody out of that. Uh-huh. And it was like this whole new path of like, you know, these people need this hyper custom process when <clears throat> we'll make the argument on a future podcast that they do not. Um, and then once we kind of reverted back and saw that experience of like people starting out in the group atmosphere, we saw just huge success from that, like when we started again. Right, yeah. Um, so I think we started thinking about <clears throat> this whole process as something that was part of our dirt or part of our clouds when really it wasn't. It was in the middle. You know, mm-hmm. our dirt is like, you know, the, 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 core, the core classes that we run, the main principles of the gym, everybody training together. Um, and then we started this focus on people that kind of, we started trying to create something for people that took away from that that I don't think was really needed. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of goes in line to respecting the process. And you talked earlier about how like people want to just jump to being this like expert in the brand before they even have the knowledge to back that up. Yeah. Um, or on the flip side of like in business, it's trying to go from like zero members to like fill the place as fast as you can through like Grouponing and fitness. It's like, you know, thinking that you needed to to do tempo squats before you can squat 200 pounds. Uh It's just like this constant need to want to throw like rims on something when the engine isn't even kind of up to, up to speed. Yeah. And you know, when we first started, we made a lot of mistakes of trying to branch out on like, you know, all this other stuff that we, that wasn't a core of who we were. Um, and, and, you know, you, you made the analogy of, like, going wider rather than deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, we were trying to expand our offering to, like, hit a greater number of people. Right. When, in reality, you want to trim that fat and just focus on what you're good at. Um, and a great example that I can think of is, like, our stand-up paddleboard class <laughs> that we did, which was fucking awesome. When, when Webb rode the paddleboard backwards, <laughs> yeah. kept falling in and didn't know why. Yeah, so for... Uh, for you guys listening, we used to run a stand-up paddleboard class on the water. Um, so we sounds it, awesome, right? Yes, it was. It was awesome, but like the resources that we needed to do it, and like the fact that it wasn't really anything about who we were, um, other than that we had a gym on the water, so like we could do it. Um, that's a that's a great point. You know, it was just yeah, just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should. Um, but yeah, so like every Friday at like 6.30 or I think at some point we had it on Saturday, we brought 20 people out. We're on paddle boards doing like a boot camp on the paddle boards. And like thinking about it now, like, yeah, that was pretty fun, but just totally not worth it. And like it did not help our business at all. Right. And we were so like, like, I don't even, did we charge for it? I don't think we did. I think we like thought or we tested it once or something and then decided to make it free or yeah like what a just stupid business decision (laughs) like we got this class where we needed all this inventory it forced us to have to like partner with our neighbor and Uh like go through this huge process and like we made no money off of it yeah and it was like 
add value, but don't do it like an idiot. And that <laughs> yeah. is like prime example of like, I definitely want to touch on that wider, not deeper. I was listening to Colin Coward on the radio the other day and he made that comment and it really resonated with me. Like I think small businesses and businesses in general feel the need to like get so much more like length and what they provide mm-hmm. like across the spectrum to hit more people. And what I've personally learned, you know, after a few years is that like, there's plenty of people who are going to be into what you're doing. Right. And like, regardless of what it is, like you're going to have an audience and you're going to have a market. So it's respecting the process of focusing on those people mm-hmm. and don't, you know, don't take the train off the tracks by trying to go chase other people and chase other things. Yeah. And be the best at what you do. Um, don't be average at everything. A great example is you look at restaurants, you look at, you know, the cafe that has on their window, milkshakes, salads, burgers, gyros, Chinese food, Indian food. <laughs> like, Caf- oh, I don't want to say them on air. What's that? <laughs> uh, yeah. The uh, place. Yeah. The place in BB that we always laugh at. Yeah, which I still don't know how they're not out of business because I've seen one customer in there. Somebody on their Yelp, uh, it's too funny not to share, (laughs) Yelped them and said that it looked like they went into the store and stocked their restaurants in like the picnic supplies section of the grocery (laughs) store. Uh, uh, I I think I shared their a couple of their Yelp reviews with our our group of friends. And, yeah, uh, it was too funny, but yeah, like those restaurants, like you're not gonna go there and get the best gyro that you've ever had there. Like you're gonna yeah, let me get a cheeseburger with a side of General Tso's chicken yeah. and a kale smoothie, but and a you, cappuccino. Yeah, of course. But you hear people talk about the best burger joint in town, or they have the best. Yeah, Chinese like look at In and Out, man. Yeah, they do one thing: yep. burgers. Yep. And like that's that's where I think like, you know, it took us a little bit to understand when we started out. It was like we have to come up with all these things to accommodate all these different people. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's like no, you don't. You need to provide a great service in doing one single thing. Yep. And you know, we got off track of that on the stand-up paddleboard classes. And like, I remember we ran a Groupon one time or like a living social for like an outdoor only membership that we wanted to start. Yeah. And it goes back to like your point of like, just because you can, doesn't mean that you should. Like we had an amazing outdoor space. Like our first location, we were located on the water. So we were like, we have to take advantage of this. Right. And like, yeah, we ran outdoor classes. We ran boot camp a few times per week, which was awesome. And like that was even still not a core part of what we did. It created so many distractions. Like when are you going to have more outdoor classes? Like, you know, why don't you do this time? And like, we got a lot of people who it just, it wasn't, they weren't into the other aspect of the gym, like the weights, the coming in and like focus on your strength and be a part of the community. It was just like people who wanted to get outside in sunny San Diego and sweat for a little bit and totally fine. Like there's businesses that kill it doing that, but that was never us. Right. And we just felt this need to like blow up this like outdoor only business. Like this is a great idea. It's not going to take up any overhead. You know, we don't have to worry about indoor space, but like what we didn't account for was like the delusion of dilution. Is that even a word? Like when something gets diluted, (laughs) how much it would dilute the brand and dilute our core. Right. Um, And we just like really did not respect the process of growth because we wanted to get this boom of like outdoor only people that would add a lot to revenue but wouldn't be productive for the business. Right. And we, we, you know, we had a lot of people in those classes and, you know, some of them were like the indoor folk that did outdoor as to, to mix it up. But there were a lot of people that did outdoor only. And 
to be honest with you, like their personalities didn't vibe with our overall brand image and like our core group of people. So you almost had these other outsiders that like were scared to go inside and like, you know, they, they just didn't feel like they were a part of Performance 360. Right. They felt like they were, I'm doing an outdoor boot camp with like, <clears throat> who the fuck cares who this company is? Um, they weren't like bought into the brand. And so when we got rid of that, I think we probably lost five people or so. Um, that did outdoor only, but like our core of who we were got better from that because we were able to get rid of this sideshow and like focus on the best possible product of what is actually like driving the the engine of our business and delivering the most results for our customers too. Like, you know, that's a big part of it. Right. And it's just like, it's why I just, I love that phrase, like go deeper, not wider. And you know, the other example I can think of with that is like, and our, it was either first or second year when we ran that first October challenge. Yep. And so a little bit of backstory without getting too boring with the details. Our first location was, um, you know, it was tucked away in an area that had no exposure, um, like literally no exposure. Like we were on a peninsula with like an amazing view of the water, but we got nobody coming by the business. And the only, the only people that knew about us were like referrals and people who were told about it. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool in concept. Yes. And it created a super tight knit community, but it made paying the bills much more. The pressure was on to do that because you had to rely on creativity to grow. You had to rely on a different way to get exposure rather than like people traditionally knowing about a business. So one of the things we came up with one time was like an October challenge where, um, where (laughs) it was awesome for our members and like something we might do again, but we, we opened it up to outsiders for like a dirt cheap price. Right. And, you know, that was a way of like internalizing a Groupon style format. Mm-hmm. And I think we added like 80 people one month. Yeah. Um, and it was great in the short term. But what we slowly saw is like those people all ultimately trickle out. Right. Over the is, next, you know, three to six months or yeah, whatever it was. Which is not telling anybody anything they don't know about like discounting. But, or maybe it is, I don't know. Um, but again, we tried to go like, we tried to get so many people, you know, we tried, you know, that challenge, there was like multiple different things that you could focus on. It was almost like a buffet of like, come in and do what you want versus like, this is what we do extremely well. You're going to come in and you're going to do this. Yep. And like, that's, that's our offer. Right. Take it or leave it type thing. Um, it's just feeling the need to be like this, this welcoming place for so many different goals when you can be plenty successful by getting like one single type of person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think those people are all going to have like different goals within the framework of the gym, but like everybody needs to be on the same page with like what your, what your business is about, what you're really trying to sell. If you ever feel like you have to change what your offerings are in order to like accommodate the people there, then I feel like at one point you got, too wide with who you grew. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, we would probably have been really happy with 80 new people um, of, like, every shape and size that, like, didn't care who we were and they just came in because they were paying the bills. And now it's like, if somebody were to be like, hey, we'll give you 80 new people, we would probably be like, no. Like We would definitely be like, no. Yeah, like, we don't want that. Um, aside from the fact that, like, we're practically at capacity but like 
we know now what that influx of a wide variety of people will do to the brand and the business. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, when you get that many people in, there's just absolutely no way to provide the level of attention and customer service and value to those folks. And that immediately takes you out of your dirt and into this like limbo land of like, wait a minute, where am I right now? Right. You know, it's like, is this helping my long-term objective? Did I just throw off what I was doing? You're just kind of lost on how to handle um, that type of environment. Whereas when you're doing things right, you're following the process. Like for us, it was always add 10 new members per month, yep. which we've mentioned on a previous podcast. Add 10 new members and let's just see what the hell happens. Yep. That is what has always been successful for us. Mm-hmm. Grow every month more than you lose. Yep. Like not a novel concept. Nope. Or is a novel concept. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, it's just, it's so easy in that. But it's so easy to get thrown off of that. And so whenever we like, I forget when it was that we just got rid of all that stuff a couple yeah. of years ago. And it was just like, let's just great service everybody that comes in, in the dirt. And then one by one, if we do a good enough job with that, people will refer folks and we'll be able to repeat that process month over month, year over year. And like, oh, wow, now we have two locations. Yep. And like now we're at possible third location. Yep. All by just like focusing on like the nitty gritty boring stuff, like the answering of the emails the interaction with people when you see them at the gym, just providing value, creating good customer service is going to get you to those cloud goals. But the focus should be on the day to day. What lies in front of you? What can I do amazing today to get me to that point? So when we tie that back into kind of how we open, how people want to create these successful brands without even really having a product, I would just really urge people, whether it's like you're running a gym, a business, or you're starting out as like a health and fitness person, like slow down, focus on really creating your knowledge base and your delivery before you worry about like this big brand that you've created for yourself. Just crush everything in the dirt and then like then maybe have some thoughts of what's up in the clouds. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Um, Well, I think that's a wrap then, I guess. Yeah. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Um, Continue to drop us reviews if you can. Uh, Share the podcast. Kind of help us get it out there. If you know any people that are interested in this type of stuff, send it their way and keep the suggestions coming because pretty much every single topic has been driven by uh, listener feedback. Yeah, literally every single episode has had some incorporation of you know, what people have been asking us. So um, we definitely, like we talked about, we read every email and reply and we'll definitely incorporate things that you guys want to hear about. All right. See you guys. See ya.